0: lecture three part one of christian patience by william bernard Ullathorne. this librivox recording is in the public domain lecture three on patience as a universal virtue part one in all things let us exhibit ourselves in much patience two corinthians chapter six verse four owing to the habit of thinking of the virtues individually and separately and to the method of thus treating of them in books we are too much disposed to lose sight of their close connection with each other and of the way in which they act not only with each other but within each other the distinctions between them have their foundations in their objects and to understand these distinctions is a valuable and useful instruction. But that knowledge is equally valuable and instructive which enables us to understand how they act in union and mutual cooperation, giving animation, support, vigour, or protection to one another. One colour cannot make a picture, nor one virtue a saint many colours unite and blend their shades to form a beautiful work of art and many virtues unite and blend together in happy mixtures to make a beautiful soul as all the virtues have their seat in the will and there unite they flow into each other help each other mutually and are most perfect when most united but this connection and cooperation is much more intimate in the christian than in the natural virtues because they have their origin in the divine principle of grace converge proportionately to their perfection to one final end and are all animated by one in the same life of charity all the christian virtues live in the light of faith all look to hope all obtain their life from the love of god they are founded in humility ruled by justice guided by prudence sustained by fortitude preserved by temperance strengthened and protected by patience christian fortitude is a profounder degree of christian patience it is a gift of the holy ghost and patience is included in it as the less in the greater whilst each virtue has its own object certain virtues are called universal because besides their own special object they enter into every other virtue and assist every other virtue in obtaining its object of these next to charity patience is the most important for to recall the words of st zeno all things look to patience neither faith hope charity nor justice neither humility nor charity nor any other virtue can hold together or keep on its way without the nerve restraint and discipline of patience hence it is called the virtue of the virtues as giving to them all their strength stability and perseverance it has also been called the chief part of virtue As being the abiding force that carries them through their difficulties. If you ask the reason, you will find it in the weakness, irritability, and inconstancy of our nature, rendered so much more infirm through its fall and sin. But this requires a large explanation, which will help us to know ourselves and to understand what help we require to make us constant and peaceful if we examine the whole of the virtues we shall find them divisible into two kinds according to the work that they do for the soul one of these kinds seeks to reach good the other removes the obstacles that prevent us from seeking good of the kind that directly seeks good are faith hope charity justice and religion of the kind that removes the obstacles to good are humility temperance self-denial and repentance but patience which as st zeno remarks is less in multiplying than in perfecting the virtues belongs to both kinds of virtue it comes with charity derives the fire of its energy from the charity of the holy ghost and gives it perfection on that part it causes the will to adhere to god with constancy and sustains the other virtues that directly seek god for they work perfectly in proportion as they work patiently but it has another work a work of which we are more conscious in strengthening those virtues that resist evil and all that disturbs the peace and self-possession of the soul whilst therefore patience is conservative of the virtues that seek good it is the strength and stay of those virtues that remove the obstacles to good it is for this reason that st gregory calls it the root and guardian of the virtues and that st cyprian teaches that it is both the expeller of evil and the keeper of good this brings us back to st augustine's definition of the virtue that by patience we cheerfully endure evils with an equable mind that we may not through an evil disposition desert that good which brings us to our greatest good a soul given to impatience loses strength from every virtue and weakens her hold of all that is good she has not the spiritual nerve to hold herself together for in the impatient soul there is a restlessness a wavering a want of spiritual fibre a swerving from good intention and a want of steadfastness in action that disturbs the soul and undermines the most virtuous resolutions any change that passes in the sense and feeling of such a person a little restlessness in the nerves a little weariness of the mind a little trouble in the affections Will disturb her slender patience, lower the tone of her virtue, and even change her intentions. Almost any change in outward circumstances, an alteration in the weather, a piece of bad news, a sharp word, or some little interference with what one is doing, however well intended, will be sufficient to alter the dispositions of the heart and change the current and colour of one's thoughts as the impatient soul vibrates from one thing to another and rushes in desire from the present duty to something that the imagination represents as more congenial with the growth of impatience comes the disinclination to dwell on those divine and unchangeable truths which agree not with the spirit of restless change and a yet greater disinclination to hold to those divine motives that invite us to constancy and lead us to act with a view to our spiritual good for our impatience engages us with the sense of our own discomfort dissipates the spirit of recollection and scatters the power of attention to the great damage of all stability of purpose think of the unregenerated condition of the mortal body with its flame of concupiscence lusting against the spirit its restless sensibilities its petulant appetites its disorderly movements its reluctance to be brought under subjection to the law of the spirit its ever-changing irritabilities and those crooked instincts of evil that through the imagination move upon the soul all tending to trouble her peace and to overthrow the virtues unless patience be there to resist and withstand the inflowings of irritation curiosity and cupidity it is impossible for the soul to preserve her own proper good or to secure its augmentation for every virtue and the good of every virtue is open to temptation and loss through yielding to the restless irritability of our mortal frame even those who have obtained a calm exterior demeanour for social purposes by artificial training are not thereby delivered in any degree from their internal disturbances then in the soul herself there is that terrible disorder of self-love giving birth to pride and vanity those fearful irritators weakeners and dividers of the soul that interfere so much with the advancing movements of all the virtues and give rise to such an amount of impatience and disturbance and being in close league with the animal senses leave nothing in its right place nothing in its just union with its proper good and strength nothing in enduring peace the good of the soul is spiritual, like herself, but immeasurably greater than herself. It is the littleness of self love that makes her impatient of a good so much greater than self love can aim at, or anything short of charity can aspire to. To reach that good requires a most patient cooperation with the grace of charity but the disinclination that makes the soul slow and reluctant to seek that spiritual good reveals the feverish impatience of her greater good with which she is afflicted in a perfect spirit thought and will must act in perfect unison the thought one with the truth and the will one with the justice contained in that truth the will must at once reject the evil which truth reveals to the thought and all the powers of the soul with the virtues that belong to them must act in perfect accord with the light in the mind and the justice in the will this implies a perfect union of the soul with god to the complete annihilation of inordinate self-love and a state of stability in that union which neither moves from the light of god nor wavers from the love of god this stability is the perfect patience of charity change that patience into impatience and the unity of that soul with god and through god within herself will be shaken and impaired if not altogether lost in the degree in which the soul loses her union with god she glides off from the divine basis of her strength and there arises division within herself in consequence of that division her spiritual acts become feeble wavering and impatient the will is often at discord with the mind and the mind with the truth good intentions fail for want of resolution and feeble acts falter after wavering intentions and these are soon lost sight of for want of the patience that gives them perseverance conscience and conduct are often at disagreement from want of that strength and stability of will which faithfully follows the inspirations of conscience such is the fallen man weakened in all his spiritual joints and sinews through the wasting disease of impatience man alone is headstrong says saint zeno alone impatient taking his daily pleasure in his disorderly emotions he is given to change he thinks it a misery to be himself he is unwilling to see that when he keeps not himself in his just and proper state he subjects himself to a derangement that is not unlike to lunacy what is this impatience but a slippery condition of mind in which the soul acts with hasty and frequent perturbations against her own well-being her actions are unstable incautious blind and improvident and she excites herself to her own undoing impatience is a thing without substance a busy failure divested of personal dignity putting everything in a state of trouble disturbing all things in an instant impatience is the mother of sin the nurse of curiosity the goad to rashness the author of detestable evils the death that strangled human salvation burst forth from impatience in the beginning of the world if there is truth in this description of mankind when living in quiet times how much more applicable is that truth to the unquiet times in which we are living all the present conditions of life seem to combine in making men restless and unstable it looks as if we had fallen upon those latter times predicted by the prophet daniel when many shall pass to and fro and knowledge shall be manifold daniel chapter twelve verse four whatever have been the benefits resulting from investigations speculations and inventions of our times they have had the effect of producing a moral intoxication on the minds of men that has turned them away from the pursuit of divine and eternal things and has changed the tranquil habits of our fathers into habits of restlessness and the love of perpetual movement most men have become eager for novelty and change and they live so much outside themselves as to neglect or even abandon the interior good of their souls the tree of the knowledge of good and evil has been shaken for its fruits and if the knowledge of good has fallen to those who are inclined to good the knowledge of evil has fallen in great abundance to those who are inclined to evil we live in the midst of a restless impatient and fevered life that more than ever demands for our security patience of will and stability of mind we have not yet completed the account of the fever of impatience a great number even of persons desiring the better things are habitual sufferers from a low malingering and silent form of the malady because ignorant of themselves they are unable to perceive how their want of interior patience deprives their virtues of their vigour and undermines their spiritual health they feel that something keeps them back from advancing to more solid virtue but they see not that it is their want of patience with themselves and with what they are engaged upon that distracts the mind dissipates the heart and makes the soul inconstant in her purposes they have never disciplined their will that central power of the soul in that fundamental patience which gives a firm and assured basis to all the acts of our life they have not realized to themselves the sense of the psalmist when conscious of his natural weakness he exhorts himself be thou o my soul subject to god for from him is my patience there is something so singular in this virtue observes the learned and contemplative harpheus that even those who seem to have the other virtues are often devoid of patience they are not only devoid of interior and spiritual patience but they have no idea what an immense defect it is or how much their interior impatience is the cause of their inward troubles and the obstacle to their interior advancement patience is of god says st cyprian and whoever is gentle mild and patient is an imitator of god if the patience of god the father abide in us who are repaired by the divine nativity If we have that likeness of God in us that was lost in Adam, it ought to shine from our interior outwards and become manifest in our actions. End of lecture 3, part 1